After Jesus had finished instructing his twelve disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Uh, the second reading is Philippians 1, 9 to 11. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Well, you made it very Anglican. Thanks, Andrew. For, <clears throat> for the four Anglicans in the room. Wonderful. Thanks, Angelo. And so I'll invite Oliver up. Oliver's going to be speaking to us today. Let's pray for him. Okay. And Father, we thank you for Oliver. Father, we thank you for him and his family and all that they are to us at OCC. And Father, would you use your servant now? Would you fill him with your spirit? To bring your word, to bring life, and give us ears to hear, hearts to understand. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much. Good morning, church. It's Father's Day. And it's just a time to remember God the Father and his heart of love for us. You know, the scripture says, whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And it was the heart of the Father, his divine plan, before the foundations of times, for us to be reconciled to him. And I know many of us have heard the story of the prodigal son. After all he'd done, he came to his father. And his father did run towards him. He didn't say, oh, how did you spend the money? What did you do with all the assets? No. He welcomed him. So I don't know who amongst us this morning has that sense of guilt. That sense of, oh, I didn't do well. Just be reminded this morning that the Father's arms are open to welcome you. Because if he was unmarried, then no one will be saved. Regardless of the mistakes, the setbacks, the things you should have done and the things you didn't do, this morning just be reminded that the Father loves you. And he loves you with an everlasting love. And it's, a, it's such a joy this morning to see Ralph and Helen and to see Eleanor and the boys, and to see Dave and Sharon. Dave, I'm sure you, yeah, I, I was thinking of you, and it's glad to see you guys this Sunday. And I trust that the Holy Spirit will do something awesome in our midst this morning. The text we just uh, looked at has to do with the account of John the Baptist. This was a man that was mightily used of God. 
before he was born, a prophetic word had come. This is what he'll be doing. And he had quite an unusual ministry. He didn't wear designer gears. He didn't stay in the posh part of town. He was in the desert. But men came to listen to him. He had such an unusual grace and anointing. And he didn't eat the regular food. It was low-cost and wild honey. Now, some weird kind of stuff. If you put everything together, you think, who wants to listen to him? But there was something about him. It was the anointing of God upon him that drew men to come and hear the word of God in his mouth. But as time went on, he did give a word. As he was baptizing people of the Jordan, he said, the one whom the Spirit comes upon is the one, the Messiah. It turns out that Jesus' cousin shows up, was, anoint, was uh, baptized, and the heavens open, and the Spirit like a dove descended on him. So things were going well. But all of a sudden, this same man goes to speak to the king, to rebuke the king for what he'd done. And he ended up in prison. You would have expected the Messiah to show up. But the Messiah didn't show up. You would have expected that the Messiah will send one of his disciples to come and check up on him. And just to encourage him. But none of that happened. So he became so offended he said, are you the Messiah? Or should we go and look for someone else? Because you can't be the Messiah. In my estimation, from the prophetic word I have about you, I can't be in this situation. And you have shown up. Offenses. It stops one in the tracks. And this message is not, I'm not preaching at anyone, I'm preaching to myself as well. Everyone in this room, one way or the other, we would have been touched by one form of offense or the other. What's the meaning of offense? The Oxford Dictionary says annoyance or resentment brought about by a perceived insult or disregard for someone. The key word here is perceived. The key word is perceived. Now, perception could be based on culture. It could be based on life experiences. It could be based on background. It could be based on family upbringing. It could be based on education. So it will vary from one person to another. But when we come to know the Lord Jesus... There are certain things our lives are not regulated. Yes, as great as culture is, we pick the good stuff out of it. But as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons and the daughters of God. So we might be in a situation where the natural response is to speak back. But if we'd allow the small, still voice of the Holy Spirit to be quiet, that's the beginning of the journey. Because the Christian life is not about us, it's about him. We're meant to live his life because he gave his life for us. 
but we stop short at having his life and things will come at us and genuinely so but it's all part of the process so in my personal journey growing up I was a serial complainer but guess what the moment I got saved thanksgiving joy that was one thing that the Holy Spirit brought to my attention and I began to focus on it I said to myself no 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 this life is too sweet to be complaining my dad saw that transformation and that got his attention you know it would be like oh, I, I preferred I'd have preferred if I had this as opposed to that but the moment I got saved it didn't matter if he bought me anything I was just grateful in fact I started giving everything away and he became so worried he became so worried because God was doing a work in my heart I remember the week before I got saved I had this pair of nice sunglasses it broke and it broke my heart but it was a journey God was taking me on a journey Matthew 18 7 says woe to the world because of offenses for offenses must come but woe to the man by whom the offenses come life is about giving and receiving offense can be given to you or offered but you have the right to accept or reject it in other words it's impossible for offenses for offenses not to come it will come just as day and night but woe to him through which it comes we will feel offended but it's how we deal with the matters and we don't choose where God wants to take us that's the problem we don't decide where he, we would have us fellowship so in my, my personal story coming to Oakley Community Church the worship wasn't as vibrant as it is now but the Lord said this is the place so quietly I began to pray about it I didn't approach anyone I didn't go around saying oh you guys can't sing you either you guys are not dancing and all of that because God was taking me on a journey and Paul said that he will go on his knees and pray till Christ be formed you know it's cheaper to talk about stuff than to pray I challenge you the stuff that you talk about for an hour set your alarm clock for an hour and pray about it you find out that after 15 minutes your mind is wandering and thinking oh I need to put that in the oven oh I need to check this I need oh my email the mind cannot comprehend that if offenses go and check it will stop the flow of God's blessing and in society today there's plenty of stuff to be offended plenty you know the things that before was clear-cut but now in these days there's plenty of gray areas so they will look at three areas of offenses the first one is offense towards God 
the case of John the Baptist like we read. John was, he had a perception of who the Savior was. But unfortunately, the Savior didn't deliver. According to his own estimation, he felt a sense of disappointment. And do you know that each time we don't allow the Holy Spirit, we miss important moments. The things that are set up just for the Lord to work in our heart. I'll give you a few examples. We had a meeting, we were meant to have a meeting, and uh, a leadership meeting, and last minute we had to change the venue. So as I wasn't familiar with the new venue, I, I put the postcode in my satnav. Satnav says, turn right. I turned right. Lo and behold, I saw this signage. No entry. I'm like, well, I'm already in anyway. <laughs> I can't reverse into the high road because I'll be breaking the code, you know. So I did go through and I said to the host, I said, look, this is what's happened. Oh, you shouldn't have gone that well. That's what the satnav. So I prayed about it. As far as I was concerned, it was taken care of. A month and a few days after, parking, the first word, you know, the thoughts that came was, oh, if only the, the meeting was, if we'd had it where we were scheduled, then I wouldn't be in this situation. But then lo and behold, the Holy Spirit. I read it, you can appeal it, so I said, okay, I looked through it. The basis of the appeal wasn't there. So I had to like put mine in words and say, look, this is the reason. So I prayed about it. I typed it online. I thought, well, there's no point writing a letter because, oh, they didn't receive it. Do it online. Job done. Two weeks after, the Holy Spirit just quickened me. What's going on with this parking fine? I checked my email. No response. So I went on their website called them up and the lady God was so gracious because in the midst of that I gave thanks I said Lord I'm just committing this to you and I've set this money aside if it's not going to you know if they're going to charge me fine I set it aside lo and behold this lady picks up the phone and says oh because you should have received an instant notification if you submitted it so I'd been timed out I didn't know said, these are the steps you need to take. Talk me through it. I submitted it. And I left it with the Lord. On the 1st of June, I get a letter. And they, what they said was, well, we, they, um, we know you, you weren't aware of this, blah, blah, blah. There was a system error, so we've canceled the fine. I could have allowed offense I was already two weeks you know the you know say the first 14 days you get 50% so I was, I'd already missed that as well so at this time can you imagine what the enemy is saying well all that prayer didn't work but I just said Lord I'm grateful now because I sowed the seed of gratitude even when I don't want to be grateful people will remind me so if you're sowing the seed of complaint, what harvest do you get? Harvest of complaint. 
If you saw the certain faces, we're just looking at them like, oh, how are you today? I know it has to be grateful. That would have to be my response. Offense towards God. Have you received prophetic words that you know genuinely was of God? You had confirmation. Guess what? Every time a prophetic word comes, it's announcing to the enemy what God wants to do in your life. And it opens a canworm of warfare. Remember the, Egyptian, the Israelites were minding their business in Egypt. Until Moses came. Oh, the Lord said, I shall come and set you free. And then all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. So you no longer have straws, but you, the same number of bricks is what you have to produce. Offense towards God. Or you prayed about a situation... You're trusting God to bring about the manifestation, but it seemed not to be happening. Offense towards God. Now, who has fought with his maker and prospered before? The moment you get God out of the equation, you've opened a doorway for the enemy to have a field day. If you have hatred in your heart, it's only a confirmation that there's a love of God on the inside of you that is seeking to find expression. If you're a serial complainer, like I was, that means within you there is an anointing for thanksgiving and praise that is seeking expression. If you find it hard to forgive people, it means that through your life, God wants to spread his love. But would you allow him? Offenses towards family members, siblings, spouses. Now, guess what? If as a friend you can walk away. If as a family member of a si or a sibling, no chance. And the beauty of it is, when you're going through that challenge, until you pass that test, you keep repeating it. And then the irony of it is, it causes frustration. But this morning, the Lord wants to remove that. This morning, God wants to do something new. If you see something that is not right, maybe God has anointed you to deal with it. But when you do it, do it with a heart of compassion. Do it with a heart of love, because God is not mocked. He said, man looks on the outward. But I, the Lord, I look on the inward to give uh, to every man according to, his, to the measure of his heart. You know, a man's foes are those of his household. So you know there's some really interesting family members that when you get the phone call or you catch up with them, there's always something. So that's where the spirit of wisdom comes in. So certain people, you just keep quiet. They say everything, oh, and if you just want to be a blessing to them, just say, oh, let's pray about it. Nah, no chance. That's a polite way of saying, just be still. Offenses towards family members, towards work colleagues, neighbors. My neighbor opposite me over COVID, during the COVID period, things just really went very bad. 
and he started doing some extension of the back garden and then the front garden and then he decided to build a fence and in his mind's eye everything was going well and this guy 2 a.m. in the morning he's welding very talented guy for two years and we had to love him and I'll go across the road and speak to him and be a blessing to him because I know I know that this wasn't the same guy I knew years ago something had happened so it was time to pray the psychiatric ward uh, unit got involved and they had to take him away but it took two years at one point he was taken in he escaped and he came pressing my bell and the police you know all manner of stuff offenses he was oblivious that other people needed to sleep at 2 a.m. He was oblivious that other people had things going on in their life. As far as he was concerned, he, there was nothing wrong. How do you deal with that? Offenses in the church. Acts chapter 6. It's not unusual. A certain group said, oh, we're not being fed. They're only looking after the other people. But guess what the antidote was? Find men full of wisdom and the Holy Spirit. Not just men, ordinary men, but people who had the spirit of wisdom and the Holy Spirit. And that changed the equation. Remember that we're from different backgrounds, different spheres of life and all of that. But the reality of it is, the length of time you've known the Lord, how have you allowed the Lord to work in you? Because through your life, other people will be blessed. Some of the challenges that we have to deal with is not about us. So that you are able to stand shoulder to shoulder with someone else and say, look, I've been through it. God brought me through this. He will bring you through it. Oh, I prayed about this situation. Nothing seemed to be happening. Give thanks. When it's not convenient, give thanks. Do you know that in the midst of that, it confuses the enemy? I read this and he so blessed me. Satan put together a sales bonanza. He, there was a spread on the table. And all manner of sins were laid down. Fornication, adultery, all manner of stuff laid down. Right? But there were two items. On those two single items, he said, not for sale. Offenses and discouragement. Not for sale. So the question was asked, why is offenses and discouragement not for sale? He said it works 100% all the time. So you don't need to put it up. People will buy into it. It's a bait. Oh, this hasn't happened. This person didn't do this. That person did that. Oh, I sent a message. They didn't respond. But you don't even know what they're going through. 
You don't know what they're going through. Every time we're faced with a situation, there's something that the Lord wants to do. For those who are married, I beseech you to ask for grace for patience, particularly the men, because women are really special, um, and, and rightly so, the grace not to be offended. So that your prayers are not hindered. So you're doing it for yourself, but more importantly, you're honoring the Lord. You can choose to do it your way, or you can choose to do it God's way. But the choice is definitely yours. And I know for some people in this room, you really have a genuine heart for transformation. But there seemed to be a blockade. There seemed to be that blocker. You can't shift it. But this morning, there's a master key. And that master key is called the mercy of God. Blind Matthias, he cried as, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. The prayer of mercy we tend to trivialize it, think, oh, it's just for the sinners. No. There's an amazing man of God that God has used mightily across the nations. One day, one of his sons in the Lord had the privilege of praying with him. So they were all in a prayer meeting, and this man lay prostrate. And he had the opportunity of, you know, lying very close to him. And he said for two hours that they prayed. All he heard the man saying was, Father, have mercy on me. Father, have mercy on me. Father, have mercy on me. That situation that you prayed about, it seemed not to be shifting. It's time to ask God for mercy. He said, I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy. And compassion to whom I will show compassion. For the race is not to the swift. Neither is the battle to the strong. And I've been asking God for mercy. Because each time God takes us through a process. And the grace to cooperate with him. So to so some people it might be a season where God is saying, well it's time to give up that soap opera. But it's not for everybody. But it will be for a specific person. For some people it will be like, okay, it's time to give up three square meals to reduce that to two. But it's not for everyone. It's unique. For some people it will be like, okay, for the next seven, ten, fourteen days, I just need you to give thanks about that situation. Don't pray about it, just give thanks. But would you allow him? Because there's a beauty of Christ that he wants to bring out in each and every one of us. And I'm going through a process. But would you allow the Lord do what he wants to do in us? How do you deal with offenses? Forgive. Learn to confront issues biblically. So Matthew 18, 15 to 18. It talks about how to deal with a situation. You go and meet the person. If it remains unresolved, take another party. 
you know, do it as unto the Lord. Pray for your enemies. Give the situation to God and stop talking about it. Because every time the Lord wants to bring healing to that situation, as you talk about it, it's like removing the plaster of the wound. When will he ever get healed? Receive the grace to die to self. You know, some of us will be like, Lord, why is it always me? I've just finished with this and this turned up. And... But he says, my grace is sufficient for you. He will never put upon you more than you're able to bear. But it's just that when we're in the thick of it, we don't realize. We're just thinking about me, 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 me. But what is God trying to do? Apply the blood of Jesus upon your conscience every day. Hebrews 9.14 The purging of our conscience of dead works by the blood. Apply the blood. And finally, call upon the mercy of God. That niggling situation is time for you to invite the mercy of God. Lord, I've done all I know to do. And it hasn't worked. But I know you're a God of mercy. The prayer of mercy, God will never look away. For with God, nothing is impossible. You don't dictate how he will do it. But with God, nothing is impossible. If God has allowed you to be here this morning, it's because he wants you to be reminded. For with God, nothing is impossible. That situation you've talked about it for so long. Start to pray about it. You, there are certain people that you've tried to forgive them but it keeps coming back up. This morning there's grace. Your relationship with your spouse, with your children. Let the grace of God, let the mercy of God come into that situation. There's some of you that you... You know, each morning we meet at 9.45 in the Potter cabin. I'd like to invite you to come and pray. This morning I was so blessed. David, Dave prayed for me. I was so blessed. I needed that. Other people prayed for me. On a Sunday morning you see the place is all set up because somebody came early to do it. Just do it as unto the Lord. Don't let it be a routine. It's your father's house. So we come in, not like, oh, this isn't working and that isn't working. But let's get rid of offenses. It's time to seek the Lord because there's something very unique that God wants to do through this expression. Would you allow him? Whatever beliefs you have or things that you don't agree with, if it's in God's word, Go back to it. Keep going back to it. For some people, they struggle with healing. Keep going back to God's word. That area of struggle, that's where God wants to use you. And the enemy is challenging that. So each time just come, God, I ask you for mercy. Open my eyes to see. That which I don't know, open my eyes to see. Whatever form of addiction, when you break through, multitudes will be set free. Because you can relate to them on a one-on-one -on -one basis. 
So this morning, would you open up your heart to the Lord and let him do only that which he can do. Amen.